This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is in partnership with Jameson. Good things come in threes. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We are also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And working the dials is intern Erica. Gang, I have a little gift. Uh, something was sent to me by our friends. Oh, wow. Let's, uh, let's spread the love around. Shane, <laughs> some swag. Yeah, some swag. Whoa, uh, we got some uh, awesome. Jameson swag. As you know, Jameson sponsors this podcast. It is a delicious drink, mm. and uh, we got some nice sweaters. Thank wow. you. Yeah. You know, Jameson made something the other day that they posted, and it was like some like vintage-looking thing. I forget. So this is cool, but I also like whatever that thing was in my mind. It's like a vintage Jameson something or other. So yeah. if you're listening, Jameson, nice thank try. you. Yeah. Nice try, I mean, but I thank want, you. Yeah. I want more. No. Yeah. Sent it right to my desk at work. Wow. You have, you have mail today, Mr. Veerman. No one calls me Mr. Veerman at work, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a... Uh, guys, how's everyone doing? The weekend just passed. It is a Monday. Uh, it is Remembrance Day. Mm. So um, it's nice to take a moment and remember everybody that sacrificed themselves and uh, put their lives on the line to protect our freedom and fight for us. Well, this is the day we lost Don Cherry as an anchor, too. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. okay. That's topic number one. But I thought it was a good segue. Uh, uh, I know no, we it was. It was a tight segue. Uh, we will get to Don, Don Cherry. It was just announced a couple hours before we recorded this pod uh, that Don Cherry has been uh, released by Sportsnet, uh, or they parted ways. Max, I really like that one, eh? Still giggling over there. Uh, Don is no longer in his position, I guess, at uh, Hockey Night in Canada, uh, over at Sportsnet. We will get to that. There's also an interview coming out with him, I believe, with Joe Warmington of The Sun. Uh, that hasn't been released at this time, so we haven't heard Don's thoughts on this mm. yet. So uh, keep that in mind when you're listening to this, because uh, maybe more news would have come out. But we'll get to Don in a second. Yeah. Uh, first of all, how was everybody's weekend? Uh, I saw both you guys on Sunday. Yeah, we all partied together. A rare hanky yeah. Yeah. Partied, yeah. It was a, it was a kids party. It was, it was a two one in the afternoon, yeah. or one in the afternoon. At a uh, at the um, what do you call those things? Like a greenhouse? Yeah, a greenhouse. Yeah, a botanical garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hamilton, in Gage Park. Um, beautiful. If you're from Hamilton, you check that place out. I didn't even know it existed, and it's right in the middle of Gage Park, and it's it's newly renovated. But I guess you can rent it out for birthday parties or events. Yeah, and uh, our friends Sean and Chelsea uh, rented it out for. Their son Sebastian's one year, one year old uh, birthday party. One but year old. When you say check it out, like you're just watching leaves indoors. No, like. I mean I don't really give a. <laughs> sh- no, but you know what? People do the, walk. They go and walk around. People and look like. At the, and I the think foliage. it is like therapeutic. Also, yeah. it, it, like uh, I saw a, a link for. Uh, ten things to do in the in the cold winter months where it's really dark yeah. and you get depressed, and they say going to like a greenhouse or a botanical gardens is actually really good for you. But it's I don't also, get why would you go to a greenhouse in the summer months? Why? How do they still stay open? It's just the in the outdoors indoors. I can't tell you what happens in the they summer. Got turtles I'm telling you what there. happens right now. That's yeah. all I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. yeah. Hey. Would you say I missed it funny? <laughs> I just said I can't tell you what to do in the summer. I'm telling you what to do right now. And let's go check it. It's Not November. Your best work, but <laughs> uh, also it's free. It's free too. It's just one of those things that's like you, you know the city pours money into these different like public works projects or whatever, and uh, I, you know you don't necessarily check them out all the time. But I was happy I stumbled upon it at this party. So Shane was there with his daughter Lucy, and just his chasing wife, Alex. Lucy around. I didn't even the talk whole to you time at all. I was on chase duty. Like uh, there was one time I was talking to Lauren. I was congratulating her on uh, being the best nurse. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. Valedictorian. Yeah, we're well, not valedictorian, just top grades. In, top in of her school. class. Yeah. But it was hard because as she's talking to me, she's telling me this good story, 
And Lucy's running the other direction, so you have to make that decision. Do I just abandon the story? Uh-huh. And you know, if I if I'm polite, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my daughter's health at risk. So mm. I'd abandon the story kind of. <laughs> we won't name names here, but I heard I heard a funny story about a champagne boy who was in the doghouse because he he fell asleep with his uh, baby in his arms. And then his significant other uh, came into the room and said. <laughs> You're fucking sleeping and our baby's crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to have to cut that, but I just thought well, it was an entertaining story. Well, I got a beat. You got a beat because I lost my daughter on the weekend. You lost her? <laughs> lost her in the mall. Oh, no. Do you hear about this? Uh, a little bit, but tell the, the listeners. Well, the problem is when you're with a, a young child and they can walk mm-hmm. and you have two parents, you think sometimes the other parent is watching and the other parent mm-hmm. thinks you're watching. So I, I, had, I was getting really hot in the mall because they really crank the heat up yeah. in these winter months. So I had to take my winter jacket off. I put it on a bench. And then Lucy runs. She goes, Mama. And she goes to run to uh, my wife. And then as she's running to the wife, she hugs her. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back, sit on the bench mm-hmm. and get my jacket now because I want to carry my jacket around. <laughs> but as that happened, Lucy stopped hugging ran back towards me, but then made a left and started wandering throughout the mall. Mm. And then I go, where's Lucy? She goes, she's with you. I go, no, she's not. Uh And then Alex had to run up and down every aisle, and I ran out in the mall, like acting like I'm not running after a kid I've lost. (laughs) But I'm like speed walking all around. When did you yell, Lucy? No, I just looked every direction, and then she was headed for the escalator. Mm. But then I I got her as an older woman was like, where's your mother? Mm, yeah. Shit! Have you lost one? I guess when I was a little too young. No, she lost. just crawls right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we she were keeping eyes far. on her. What I enjoyed though about uh, this—it was a great birthday party, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, every, all the champagne boys were there. Yeah, everyone was there. What I enjoyed was Max rolls in with Lauren, and uh, he comes up to me and Danica and Winona. We were feeding Winona at the time, and he goes, uh, "See, see, he's like, have, have I done the thing where I show up for the kids? You didn't think I'd be here? You said something like that off the top." And I was like, "Yes, like, I'm sure it's a big surprise to see old Max." That's what you said. I'm sure it's a big surprise to see me here. And I was like, you know what, it kind of is, but it's real nice, you know. Maybe 40 minutes later, he was like, okay, well, got to go. Yeah. He gave me a hug. And, I, and, I, and when I hugged him, I, I go, hit your quota, eh? And you go, yep. <laughs> but that's a great amount of time. It I is. think that is impressive, 40 it, minutes. It was good. I feel like I got to hang out with everybody later that night because we watched the basketball yeah, game. Right. And then I really got a chance to sort of like have real time where I got to catch up with all my old pals. But I feel like it's sort of harder to do it at that event. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. you get better at it with time. But everybody has to watch their kids. So no one's like really in the conversation because everyone's just chasing around their one-year-old. Yeah, You know what I mean? There's a oh, bit yeah. of that going on. I oh, feel like yeah. it's, it's harder it's, to get into a real conversation. It's hard to find moments where you can uh, you can actually like bro down and mm-hmm. kind of hang like we used to hang. Although Sean, I will say to his credit, had a cooler full of beer. He did. So it was, was amazingly nice. catered. I'll say this. Yeah. That was the main reason why I went because I knew Sean and Chelsea were not <laughs> going not, to. Not the I heard there was going to be pizza. Uh, There's candy out. And I was like, yeah, this is the best lunch I've had all week. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. Shorty's Pizza. Shout out to Shorty's Pizza. Very good pizza in Hamilton. Uh, and then, like you're saying, Maxie, later that evening, uh, we all hung out at Odds, mm-hmm. Hamilton's uh, Hamilton's premier sports bar. I heard you made Dan Hamilton an offer he couldn't refuse. I did. Uh, so what <laughs> happened was everybody at this birthday party, this kid's birthday party, was like, because uh, the Raptors played the Lakers last night, so it started kind of going around. There was a buzz. It's like, well, everyone's going to go to I Odds started later. Buzz, you started that yeah, buzz. Well, eventually that train got it, it made its way to me, and I was like, everybody's hanging out. They're gonna. You're like, 9.30, Odds, we're all going to watch the Raptors game. 
I'm like, I need to be going back to Toronto, and it's kind of not, you know, am I a bad father and husband if I don't go back with them, you know, and I stay in Hamilton to watch basketball with my friends. Uh, so ultimately, I talked about it with my wife, and <laughs> because on the Saturday night, we were in Hamilton all weekend, she hung out with her girlfriends that, like, drank wine and stuff, so it was like, because I, I you know, I took the Saturday mm. with the kid, she was like, stay in Hamilton, go watch basketball with your friends, have fun. I was like, sweet. Uh, but because it was a West Coast game, I didn't know how late it would be. So I was like, mm, I might miss like the last bus back to Toronto. I think it's like 1130 or something. On Sundays. On a Sunday, it's yeah. early. So I was like, I might have to Uber back. I need an Uber buddy. So I hit up our friend Dan Hamilton, who mm -hmm. I knew was sitting here in Toronto. And I said, hey, I'm going to hang out uh, in Hamilton. We're all going to watch the Raptors game. Uh, if you come in. It's like I'll, uh, I'll Uber us home. I'll Uber us home. So I have an Uber buddy, and I just knew that it would guarantee us getting back. And uh, he so was, that was free of charge for Dan. It was, yeah. That's a good deal. That's it a, was a an good offer deal, he yeah. couldn't refuse. Yeah, yeah. That's so Dan came on in. It was very fun. Well, he also demanded that uh, he enjoy the his odds drinks on you. Yeah, he he. That was also part of the deal. He texted me. He said, "Look." <laughs> Mike's taking care of my transportation. You need to take care of my drinks and food. And I said, okay, let's do it. And I will say, because you wouldn't say this, not only did you take care of Dan's, uh, but you were a big shot, man. You took care of all of us. Well, you know. You didn't need to do that. No, like, you guys had, have been very supportive of the bar, and you guys go spend money. We had so. wings. like We had tons of food. Yeah. The beer was great. The game was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you were like, all right, it's all taken care of. And you took I was like, yeah. yes. Well, the know. whole tab? Whole fucking yeah, but tab. I mean, people Whoa. weren't like doing we didn't go shots crazy. or like not everybody had a but full still, course. I've been to odds. Oh, premium prices over there. Ah, come on, it's Greg. <laughs> Greg, it's Greg's propaganda. I'm not getting into this with you right now. But uh, odds is amazing. It was a great. It's time. a great. It's a great vibe. Thank you. How much was mm -hmm. the tab? <laughs> I don't even know the answer to that. Two hundred bucks. That's not bad. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. How, how much you tip? Well, yeah, I mean. I guess he's he was your employer, I'm an or owner, so, yeah. so 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 it's more important to like tip the staff. That's and, and, and then it's like the hard costs, like we the owners collectively eat when you're entertaining, you know, famous people like the host of Mike on Mike. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. uh, well, there was also a funny moment where you were Instagramming and you were wearing like an odds hat, mm -hmm. tweeting or Instagramming from Arkells, yeah. uh, and then also promoting Mike on Mike. Yeah, I was like my three. It's the Holy Trinity, really. You're the Holy Trinity. <laughs> you were like, you're like this post is really, uh, it's kind of everything all at once. <laughs> yeah, it's right here. Yeah, uh, the nut would be proud. Yes, he would. And I saw Jay wearing an odd shirt also. Jay Onright from oh, Jay yeah. and Dan. Yeah, well, we hooked him up when he came in. Um, mm -hmm. Just when he was leaving, we gave him a shirt. Is it an unwritten rule when you give a celebrity a shirt that you're also friends with that, hey, you got to tweet this? It's out. not an unwritten rule, but Jay's just the best. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We've been pretty good. Frank Turner wears the mom shirt yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. I always see that on his, uh, his Instagram. Yeah, I mean, when the merch looks good, it's, it's like nobody wants shitty swag. It's like like this Jameson shirt, good shirt. I'll I'll probably wear that. Yeah. Uh, but we've gotten so much swag where you're like, I'll never ever find an occasion to wear this. But odds merch looks awesome. It's awesome. Icon much looks awesome. Arkell's shit looks great. Shouts to Manager Ash for doing all that stuff. Big all time. her idea. And uh, so why wouldn't you wear it? Could I get the shirt with all your heads on it? I like that one. Oh, the button up one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I'll, I'll pay for that, it. That that's expensive. No, it's on me. Wow. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was an awesome night. Uh, if you're in the Hamilton area, go check out uh, the, the Botanical Gardens. And then after, go get some wings and a drink at odds and watch a, a sporting event. Uh, God, that was a fun game last night. It was, so it was such fun. a fun evening. Erica, did you party? Because uh, Sunday was the final game of the season, right, for TFC? Yeah. Mm, well, it was... Kind of a bad buzz. Bittersweet. <laughs> no, I know, I know you lost, but I, but um, I know that people went out anyway afterward, right? Yeah, I was um, working it. Real Sports had a sorry RS it's a new branding thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a viewing party, so I was producing some stuff there, and then yeah, we went out for a few drinks, but it was like pretty. It was pretty mm -hmm. chill, eh? Yeah, very mm -hmm. chill. But actually, 
I did something this weekend I've never done before in my Whoa. life. I went to an Arkells show what? sober. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, what show did you go to? I went to Guelph. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me? I Well, I did. Oh. <laughs> well, you texted me. Oh, this makes... Okay, you texted me saying my little sister wants to come to the show, and I thought it was just like her coming, and I was oh, like, no. our, our her and thing I. Was, oh, okay. that changes things. I thought. And then Max was like, I can't do anything for you, and I was like, okay. Did you pay for our Kels tickets? My mom did. Oh, see, oh. Oh, this changes things. I thought you were in Toronto, and then like the way it was conceived to me was okay. It's like. 4.30 on the day of the show yeah. or whatever, and you're texting me for your little kid sister. No, it was the day of. Or maybe it was the day before? Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, but but the... <laughs> yeah, yeah the, 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 your sister was clear. like coming on her own. I was like, I can't be taking care of everybody's sister. And by the way, it's fine. a it's lot of fine. other shows are no problem at all, but Guelph and St. Catharines were been like... sold out, man. Very, very, I know, very it was sold, sold out. out. I know, it's... No, 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 seriously. Yeah, but, but, but if I had known, like, I'm going to the show... Can I get next? That would have been different. It's okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Anyway, anyway I went sober. No problem. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything. Why were you sober? Because I drove. Mm, drove nice. in from Waterloo. That's a good yeah. big sister. So yeah. you brought your little yeah. sister to the show. Yeah, you she's a, a big fan. Yeah, she really wanted to go, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. How old is your little Friday sister? Night. I feel bad. She's 15. Uh, what was the highlight of the show? Oh, oh my God! You guys covered "Dancing on My Own." Yeah, that's a party. Robin. That's a really good choice uh, of a cover. Everyone yeah. knows it. Well, the thing is, okay, when it comes to the cover songs that we choose, we want to have something that most people know. Mm -hmm. And Whitney Houston, we've covered I Want to Dance with Somebody. 99% of the crowd knows that song. Mm -hmm. Dancing on My Own, that song came out maybe 10 years ago. And it's kind of a big anthem in the gay community. But I'd say 82% of the crowd knows it. There's Mm -hmm. definitely a bunch of people over the age of like 35, 40 that like have not heard of that song. Yeah, Kyle told me he didn't know it. Yeah, so yeah, people. Some people don't know that song, so it was a little bit more of a deep cut for that kind of part of the set. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I think it's paying off. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, anyway, let me know next time. Your your mic went out. You handled that like a pro. Yeah. No technical difficulties. Uh uh Yeah, I I, it was actually my part fault originally, but it's fine. Yeah, it all worked out. It was good. Actually, you know what's actually a good idea for speaking of the mic going out? There's a moment that happens. It happens by accident. Uh, maybe once or twice a year where the PA cuts out or a microphone stops working and the crowd sees what's happening and it goes, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then the moment it comes back on, everybody cheers and goes nuts that the, it's everything's working again. I almost want to make that into a bit Man, in the show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like the PA just like, stops working and I look confused and, and then all of a sudden the it kicks back in ends. at the yeah, chorus. That'd be pretty Would cool. you be able to act that normal? Oh, yeah. I feel like you wouldn't be able to. What do you mean? You I think, think you're just- an overactor. Like, <laughs> for our listeners, yeah. Shane just making it seem like I'm a mime or something. <laughs> well, your eyes would just go bulgy and you'd yeah, be yeah. very performative. Yeah, that's probably just like true. a quiet moment, and Shane just yells from the crowd, I don't buy it. <laughs> He's faking it. It's bigger. Liar. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else, weekend? Uh, Shane almost well, lost a child. She's back, though. That's good. But once we found her, after the uh, we found her, we brought her to the party. Yeah, and then she took a number two in a toilet. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, eighteen months old, no diaper, just going to the washroom. That's a big deal, Erica. You laugh. No, that's but, awesome. Yeah, yeah, good for her. It's just have a little toilet. I hope she has a little toilet, but she <laughs> went in the big toilet. She didn't fall in. What? She's yeah. little. She pointed at her butt. She goes poo poo, takes her diaper off, and goes in the big toilet. She took it wow. off herself. Wow. Well, we undid the straps, but yeah, she knew that it was time to take it off. Good for her. It's impressive, yeah. man. How do you think she knows This was that? day one of potty training. 
Oh, you had shown her already. No, we just, we go pee-pee, poo-poo. Like when you got to go mm-hmm. in the front, it's a pee-pee. In the yeah. back, it's a poo-poo. She absorbed it, knew what it meant, and took the dump. But she knew yeah. it was meant to be in the toilet. Yeah. She knew what the toilet's for. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's good. Yeah, yeah. you should you should put her in French immersion. <laughs> no, no. Back to the Jay Onraid episode. <laughs> you ever see these? The, I see videos sometimes. It's the dream because Danica and I uh, have two cats, Dutchie and Rafa, and um, you see like videos sometimes of cats that are potty trained, mm-hmm. uh, so they can actually go yeah. and stand above the that. toilet and like go to the bath. Could you imagine? Yeah, Life cool. would be so much easier yeah. if you didn't have to do kitty litter. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I yeah in ugh. a condo, eh? Oh, the worst. But we do it, and we love those cats, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to topics, guys? Mm-hmm. Want to jump right into it? Well, actually, I'll, I'll do one more story. I love a story from Max. Uh, I think our s- listeners like Max stories. Well, that'll segue into the first topic. There you go. Uh, so I went to the Remembrance Day ceremony. Lauren wanted to go uh, this morning. She she likes Remembrance Day. I think I, there's some uh, Canadian soldiers in her family. I think she thinks I'm some like sort of like hippie pacifist who doesn't care about like the military or something mm-hmm. like that. But she's like, Max, we're going. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, I'd love to go. I'd love to pay my respects. And I got to give a shout out to the people who put together the Hamilton Remembrance Day ceremony at Gore Park. Um, the speeches were really, really good. It was a cold day. You were down there? Yeah, I went down this morning. Oh, it was this morning. There was a parade yesterday oh, the parade on yesterday. Sunday. No, I didn't go to the parade. That was impressive. Oh, was it? It was, yeah. But anyway, go on. Um, and I, it, I actually cried a bunch during wow. the, um, the speeches. There, and there was a, a padre who's, I guess, a priest. Is that that makes sense? Is, is, I'm looking at you because uh, you went to Catholic school. But anyway, like a religious person who who talked about, obviously, um, you know, how we have to remember what, you know, these soldiers did and what they were fighting for. Um, but he kind of tied it back to the, kind of the issues of, of, the, of the day. So it's like w- they fought for all the marginalized people out there. Uh, so... And we need to think about, you know, our relationships with the indigenous community. We need to think about people who are suffering now and we need to look after them. It kind of they tie it together in this like because sometimes if I feel like World War Two and World War One and any uh, that's a feels like a long way away. It feels yep. kind of distant. But the way he was able to tie it back today was really interesting. And then um, a local spokesperson from the mosque spoke about being a refugee from Africa, his family's from Yemen, which is a war-torn country right now, and he said, "Like, I want to pay my respects and gratitude to the soldiers that fought for Canada that allowed me to come here." And I just thought this was all such an incredible contrast to uh, the Don Cherry stuff that we're about to talk mm. about, where it was like you can choose to frame Remembrance Day in any way you want. You know, what I mean, I think this is like what was so disappointing about the Don Cherry thing is that like he chose to frame it in a particular way, but these people said, no, we are going to choose a, to frame it in a very inclusive way. You know, the, the person who, who gave in Flanders field, the, the poem who, who recited it yep. was a little uh, Caribbean Canadian gal, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in grade seven or something. And she, she speaks French. She's in the French immersion school and she did it half in French, half in English. And I just, and I was like, this is the most like inclusive ceremony ever. And it just made me so fucking proud. And I was so happy and now you can describe the Don Cherry situation. But I do think the Don Cherry thing, he was kind of saying the same thing. He was saying, 
because of the the fight that was going on, everyone gets to enjoy the milk and honey. Yeah, yeah. You referred to it as. I do think that part of it was the same thing. And he was wanting more people to be like the people who attended this parade. I'm assuming they were all wearing poppies. I, I'm, right? I agree. And But my point is that he's choosing to frame it in a negative way. You guys don't do enough. He could have said, he could have told another anecdote. The one I just told, where he said, I was at this thing, and it was amazing. I, I heard a moss. I saw a moss giving out poppies. Like, he just chose to look at it. Right, take the negative, the negative slant take the negative on the same sentence. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same sentiment. But it's like how you choose to frame the stories we tell each other is really important. But set up what happened this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Don Cherry went on Hockey Night in Canada, and he used his time not to talk about hockey, but talk about leading up to Remembrance Day. Essentially saying that immigrants uh, who refuse to, to wear poppies are something that he uh, sort of has a, a bone to pick with. It's a contentious issue in his mind. I, I mean, we've talked about this a lot at work today, too. I don't even know how much of an issue this is. You know, I saw a, a tweet thread that Dan Hamilton threw in the group. It may be like Don Cherry's reading The Rebel, which is like a very sort of far right, uh, dubious sort of publication at best. And it's like they had been writing about this sort of like non-issue where a bunch of immigrants were refusing to wear the poppy. Is that even a real thing? Well, this is the Trump thing? thing. Trump just makes issues that aren't even really issues and then stokes his base. Exactly. You know what I mean? it's, it's like, oh, I's, Muslims were uh, pr- uh, you know celebrating outside of 9-11. Yes. And they were, I was like, did that happen? It's Was anybody ever thinking about this shit? I don't it, think it's so. It's perfectly inflammatory to make people yeah. angry. And it worked. And then Don Cherry went on national TV and he decided to take up this cause, which I don't even really think is, a, is an issue. And... And the words that he used, those people, uh, you know, if the sentiment was very much, if you want to enjoy this country, you're going to play by our rules, wear the damn poppy. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, people had a real issue uh, with 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 his angle, with the tone, uh, with with the, the 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 way that he sort of came across, and then also consequently Ron McLean for not saying anything and sort of sitting by and letting Don rant, and then them sort of uh, moving on from there. Uh, they got uh, numerous, numerous, numerous complaints. Uh, and then today, like I said a few hours ago, they've decided to part ways. I think they framed it as Don Cherry uh, has deci- he's resigned or whatever. But stepping I th- down, stepping down. That was the wording. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. So now Don, who's 85 years old, will not be on the Canadian airwaves uh, in the foreseeable future. I did see a funny tweet from Gourmet Spud who said, uh, or he retweeted somebody who said, like Don should really start thinking about his future and learn coding. <laughs> 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 like, like, like if he needs a but job that's an old joke for oh old, totally for yeah. an old guy that's like yeah what are you gonna go into next but yeah, yeah, yeah. but i just mean that learn to code joke has been around forever has it yeah i haven't heard of it oh mm. that was a big thing like learn to code and everyone like well no, i know of, that yeah maybe just in the context oh i just i've funny. heard many jokes like that mm. but it is still funny yeah, yeah um but even if don cherry was right like let's say immigrants weren't wearing poppies to the same doesn't degree, matter right yeah. what do you mean doesn't matter Let's say no immigrants were wearing poppies. The way he said that would still be fireable, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I think so. It, or is it just that he's wrong is the issue? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think Rogers goes, this is not, like, the point of sports is to unite people. That's what their statement said. And it's not to throw flames on the fire. And so you, let's say you're, let's say he was com- completely right. Yeah. It's like, is that a useful way to use your platform? And is that a fireable offense? And I think you can make, let's go down that hypothetical road for a second. If, if, you, um, if you want to point out a potential issue, you don't have to say it that way. You could say like, you know, let's really, you can do it in a positive way. You can say, I think it's really important that we celebrate uh, these soldiers that, that, you know, 
gave everything for their country. And like, this is something we can come together. This is something on. we can come together yeah. on. Shouldn't we feel amazing about this? In the way that the, the spokesman from the mosque put it, right? And what did, it is, it is hard being Don Cherry because everything you say <laughs> can, is can, like. Can you just is that the title of the episode? <laughs> yeah. It is hard being Don Cherry. <laughs> no, but I'm a millionaire. What I'm dude, saying yeah. is. We, his tonality is just like, all right, it's my wife's birthday. I love her more than anything. And I love my children and my grandkids. All right, calm down and eat the cake. <laughs> like anything he says doesn't sound like the way you worded it. No, but he, but he could have. No, but the thing is he could have given the same answer. Of a, hey, I got to say I was in uh, my supermarket uh, in Etobicoke the other day. And, uh, you know, remember states are the most important uh, holiday for me. And I got to say I saw a fellow with a turban. He was wearing a poppy, and that's what it means to be a good Canadian boy. Yeah. And then, and everybody wow. would have... Awesome. This, Max, this but is your best impression. <laughs> I didn't know you did voice work, and that is that was good. First off, that was amazing. But, Shane, and you don't think he could perform the mic going out at a show? Yeah, how dare you. But that was very over-the-top characters. Yeah. I'm I bought it. Subtle I bought characters it. I don't think Max could do. Mm. Uh, so anyway... But do you think he would get in trouble for calling out someone wearing a turban, being a good Canadian boy, implying people... I, I, I don't think he would. I think people right. would go... Because it's on the positive tip. Yeah, it's, it's on yeah. the positive tip. Our And our country, like, although we have our issues, like, I think at our heart we stand for inclusiveness, right? Mm -hmm. And, and like, certain freedoms that the, the, the way that Don presented his, like, case was very exclusionary and kind of like our way or the highway and go back to where you came from. Felt like the tone of it. And he has a history of doing this. And he's also, it seems like he's a xenophobe, like, you know, from day one. But if he said the exact same sentiment, but, like, your voice, like, you know, you, you get the milk and the honey, you enjoy it. Could, uh, could you just wear the poppy? Like these people, whatever you call them, you know, I think they should wear the, the poppy. If he said it like that, do you think it would have been taken as bad? But just the, his delivery mechanism is so horrible for being kind. That's such an interesting observation because I do think context matters, right? And the person delivering matters. I, I have this theory that um, – do you guys know The National, The Man of The National? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like everything that that singer says just sounds weird, artistic and profound. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's like um but then if you if he did any cover of like a Britney Spears song, it'd be like it was like my loneliness is killing me. I must confess. I still believe, still believe when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me baby one more time. Like like, yeah. We have created a monster. <laughs> we, it's all voice work from here on out, guys. That was a mildly all... good Don Cherry, Max. <laughs> I'll still <laughs> one hour. Hey, everybody, it's Mick Jenga. It's like, what? <laughs> Why are we getting all this? No, hey, yeah. it's Bill Clinton. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, what you mean? You... <laughs> Is that Chris Tucker? <laughs> that was my Bill Cosby. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh. Oh, uh, I don't do that one anymore. But, uh, but no, uh, but I do think context is important. So you're right. Like I think the sent if, if it was by like some sensitive Jewish social worker, social worker saying mm -hmm. the same thing that Don Cherry said, but in a different way, in different tone. Yeah, maybe it doesn't get. Or even fired. if Ron McLean said it, I wonder how it would come across. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, Don. I think the issue is that Don Cherry just every week goes. 
these pinko Russians. Yeah. Like he yeah. most of the time he the people he throws on the under the bus happen to be other white people. Yeah. So he kind of gets away with it more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he doesn't like Swedish players, right? No, he doesn't like any of the, the, U- the Euro- <laughs> European players he talks <laughs> with. Yeah, yeah or like women soft. really. Like mm-hmm. he's he's had a bad track record. Yeah. Speaking of Ron McLean, he got some criticism. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are our thoughts on Ron? I actually saw an interesting tweet about Ron, a little story about Ron. This is from Brooks Otter Lake on Twitter. I read this. It said, I met Ron McLean once at CBC headquarters and he spent like five minutes telling me facts about the building and then after he said goodbye, a tour guide who was listening walked up and said, all of that is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect? (laughs) Come on, that's bullshit. That's such a funny tweet though. That's a funny tweet, but that is bullshit. (laughs) Oh, when I read that, (laughs) Gourmet Spot retweeted it. Because it sounds like such a sweet story. That is is a made up tweet. Uh, Anyway, what do we think about Ron? He got got hit pretty hard for uh, his complacency. Well, full disclosure, I know Ron, and Ron uh, is on a Jay Onright level of decent human that treats every single person with the same amount of respect. He and I can't tell you like how thoughtful he is. Like, and I don't think just because I'm a Duna band, I like every single person that has ever interacted with him, from my experience anecdotally, has said what a good guy he is, Um, and. And so I do have, yeah, I, um, I, first of all, I love his apology. I thought he, as far as like public apologies goes, I don't know how much better you can get than what he, what he tweeted and then what he did on, what he said on television. I know some people think that he didn't, um, you know, the, the, his excuse was like, I didn't catch it because apparently he gave a, what did he do at the end of the segment? He gave a thumbs up. He I gave think. a thumbs up or something, something like that. Yeah. I, I, you know, maybe I'm being too generous here, but also I can also see another reality where the producers in his ear going, all right, Ron, you got 15 seconds. You got And then he's like, okay, this crazy guy's talking to me and he's been talking to me and just saying random shit for the last 30 years. Do I catch every fucking thing that he says? Okay. Thumbs up. We're going to commercial and good to see it. So it's like, and, and, and who knows? Maybe he did hear it, but also I, that's also a conceivable thing. And the, but the fact that he owned up to it immediately, uh, I think speaks to his character. And he's been sitting beside Don Cherry saying things like this for years. It's kind of what Don does. Yeah. He's probably just zoning out. <laughs> That's my yeah. point. Yeah. Think about what his dinner's yeah. going to be that night. Yeah. 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 Producer in the air. His job is the intro and the outro. And then he goes, all right, good job. Back to you. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in some ways, human nature lends itself more to sort of just moving on comfortably than actually getting into it, which could lead to be... Well, to he's be doing a job. He has to move the segment along. It's live television. He has to kick yep. it out. Yeah, he, exactly. he can't prolong it. But he's done it in the past, you know? Like, he has... Well, there was probably time that allowed yeah. for a little bit of a, a stretching moment. Yeah. When you have to get out, you you have to get out. Also, sometimes you, can, you can't make a snap decision. Like, so many times someone will insult me, and then I'll just be stare, staring at the ceiling at the end of the night. I should have said this. This would have been the perfect yep. zinger, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Costanza effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then... When it- <laughs> Do people insult you often? Or like subtly or someone will say some remark or a boss will say something. I'm like, I should have said this. Mm. Come up with a better excuse. Even in an email. Why am I fired? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just left the room. He just took the package and went home. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, Go on. Um, So uh, the follow up from all this, though, is interesting because, okay, on one hand, like Rogers 
didn't necessarily need to fire him. The fact that they they didn't want to, they didn't want to. I don't think. Well, do yeah. you think? I don't know. He like people love Don Cherry. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I think probably either vocally or not so vocally support what he said. Like I, I think there's a contingent out there, and Rogers knows that like people really like Don Cherry, and so that sucks for them because it's guaranteed eyeballs, mm-hmm. which means money and advertising. So I think they were hoping it's like we'll put it our initial statement, which kind of admonishes Don, and. Uh, and then we'll move on and they'll be hockey night in Canada again with Don. But then it's like, oh, nobody's backing off of this. People mm-hmm. are really pissed off. So it's like, I, I'm guessing, I have no knowledge whatsoever. I would think that they probably asked, hey, would you be willing to apologize like publicly? And then we can move on. And yeah, Don, I bet. Don's probably like, no, like this is how I feel. I have, you know, like this is, uh, these are my convictions. I'm not going to apologize. I don't know. I, I like, maybe I'm making this up, but doesn't it feel that way? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he's, like, pro- he's probably thinking this isn't even the top. 10 most offensive thing I've said in my career. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just yeah. being victimized by the times. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's you, hard to change an old person's way of looking at yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, it's funny um, when we were thinking about the march towards progress. On one hand, it's like I think that firing him was the thing to do because it was, it was the morally right thing to do. If someone says something that egregious, you shouldn't necessarily be able to hold on to your job. That's why Trump shouldn't have his job. Uh, why most people would get fired in this position. And th- but then I think sometimes of just with the culture wars that are happening right now, and I think about the backlash on Twitter and all the people that are like free Don Cherry kind of shit. Like, yeah. uh, because there was a thing, Don, hashtag Don Cherry is right yep. th- this mm-hmm. morning. And then I'm like, oh, is this, is this going to fuel the flames for the culture wars that are happening where it's like, okay, here's the SJWs not being able to have just a normal conversation without hyperventilating and now Don Cherry has to get fired. When when Don Cherry, like, sure, he's an imperfect guy, but he's my favorite form of entertainment and he speaks to me and he and and what I care about are just my sort of sensibilities when it comes to entertainment. And now I can't have that anymore because, you know, they, you know, fired him. So it's uh no, it's just an interesting yeah. Well, a lot of people are saying too, uh, comparing it to the Justin Trudeau, how he gets away with mm. blackface and he gets to get reelected. Yeah. But I guess it comes down to an intent mattering. Also, yeah. apology. Like I think it's a false yeah. equivalency because Justin said it was wrong. I'm sorry. Well, and Don it, does not feel that way. The I don't impetus think. of it wasn't to be offensive. It yeah. was just ignorant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then when confronted with people who are hurt by the action, he says sorry. It doesn't seem like... I mean, we'll see. Again, Don, I think, is doing an interview with The Sun. Uh, Joe that, Warmington. Joe Warmington, uh, which will be out. Maybe it's out already. You probably have read it by the time you listen to this podcast. Uh, maybe he will. Apologize. Yeah. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll Could dig in. Could be a Kevin Hart situation with the Oscars where he said he quit hosting the Oscars because they were forcing him to apologize. And then the next day after he quit, he apologized on his own terms. Right. Interesting. I just want to see if there's anything. Uh, Ooh, real time. Yeah. Real time j- checking just, on Max. Just checking. So it's November 11th at 5.51 p.m. We're checking Twitter. Yeah, no, nothing yet. I don't think. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, uh, Don has lost his job. Is, any more thoughts on this? I mean, do you guys think he should have lost his job? I guess that's what people want to know. Do you guys feel like he should have? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like I just don't have much patience for people who won't make an apology. It's just like whatever. People say all sorts of shit in the moment. People, I think we all have said things that like you know we take back or didn't come out right. I don't know, but it's like just like read read the room, and also if you've offended somebody, apologize. Do you know what I mean? Like so, for instance, um, I I got an article. Um, my friend Matt sent it to me. And it is, it's on globalnews.ca. A member of Regina Mosque 
the sight of a poppy box for for weeks responds to Don Cherry. So this is I was disappointed. Those were the words spoken by Doctor Habib or Rimen. Oh, I'm gonna that's I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I apologize. The president of um, a Muslim chapter in Regina. I think Don's comments are designed to create disharmony and misinformation. He should have done more research before opening his mouth. We should remember that in World War One, more than 2.5 million Indians fought for the British Empire. More than 90,000 people died. That was an effort for this so-called immigration population. Um, anyway, it's just like it's like for Don Cherry to not go, not read that and go, oh fuck, yeah, you know what? I'm wrong. Like they're, they're you know we're all in this together. It's like fuck you. Yeah, you're fired. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I, and it's just like, I know back to the kind of the culture wars element of it all. It's like, is I just wish somebody um, of that persuasion or uh, of that sort of corner of the culture could just be like, do the, do the Don Cherry thing, but just be like a nice open guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why does it all have to be sort of like so close-minded about it you know what i mean it's like it's like where like i just want like a, like the country boys that have like just the biggest heart in the world and i say that knowing some that i went to school with like uh, actually he listens to the fucking podcast chris nectal i went with, went to mac with him he's the fucking best dude he's like if you meet him he's just like he's an engineer but he's like he lives out in the country he grew up in the country grew up in orangeville you know he, he but he is like literally the most like open-minded generous loving kind of guy ever and and I just, it's like, I just wish there was like a Don Cherry version of that. You know what I mean? Sure. It, that doesn't have to it wouldn't be. wouldn't be Don Cherry then, though. Because Don Cherry's worldview is informed by his... But isn't there a sweet spot, though, that you could hit? That it could be the exact same Don Cherry, like, comedic sensibilities and, and voice and all that, while also just being like, oh, that fell in the turf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tur- hard, though, because the jello is so set on him, and we forget he's 85. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you see sure. John, uh, or sorry, Don is so powerful when he speaks, mm-hmm. you would never think that guy is almost 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. like, I also yeah. think there's not a lot of room in his, in his uh, at least public persona, like his TV persona, for nuance. I think he's like, Good hockey player, bad hockey player. Tough guy, soft guy. It's like he speaks in absolutes and it has to be very sort of like understandable very quick. He wouldn't be like, well, actually this guy is an amazing sort of does this well. It it would seem, again, I don't watch a lot of hockey. I don't watch a lot of Don Cherry. I used to have a couple of Rock'em Sock'ems when I was like 12. Well, the thing which which frustrates me. Did you guys ever have those? (laughs) That's a funny digression. (laughs) (laughs) That's my relationship with Don. I remember his Rock'em Sock'em. Of course. It's like a... They were fight tapes. Not the robots, the... uh, It's fight tapes compilations. Like, you know, there's hockey fights? They would put fight tapes in huge body checks. Maybe it was body checks. YouTube has kind of made them obsolete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) Where... Erica, yes. where did you fall on the Don thing? How did you feel about it when you read it? Were you were you annoyed by it? Do you care? Do you not care? You're like, eh, it's just more noise. Or were you like, yeah, that shit's offensive. What did you feel? Yeah, I was curious to know, like, like I'm very curious to see what he says in his interview because if he gives any details about the actual, like, firing, I don't think he was fired. Like, the Sportsnet statement said he's left. He stepped I, down or, or something like that. Sounds yeah, like, like they made him an offer and he left. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. He's been, like... It didn't surprise me at all that this is his worldview and this is, like, what he thinks. But I think it just comes down, like, those things just come down to, like, the character and the reputation you've built over time, I feel. Like, and his isn't great. Like, he's had a little hiccups along the way. He's probably pissed some people off at Sportsnet. He's probably, was probably kind of on thin ice with certain bosses and stuff for, like, opinions he shared before. And, like, I feel like this 
could have just been like the last straw for whoever it w- got to make the decision. Like if our good friend Jay Onright said something like this and it was misconstrued, like he has a very different reputation. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, and I think exactly if somebody said something along these lines and it was super weird and whatever, even if like they had a hard time making an apology, I just think like, yeah, the reputation you build really affects well, and how these situations are handled. For. Yeah. Like Howard Stern made the biggest change, which is pretty crazy that he went from a guy like telling strippers to ride a Sibian to more of like therapy session type yeah. interviews, which you think would totally alienate the audience that he built for so many years. So that is a crazy change. That'd be but crazy if Don Cherry did the same thing. That's what I mean. Like <laughs> that takes a lot. But Don Cherry's, you know, 30 years older than mm-hmm. Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would be the perfect years. replacement for uh, for Don to hang with I was Ron. thinking about this too. I would not want to be on the Hockey Night in Canada team right now having mm-hmm. to make an entire rebrand before Saturday. Mike on much? The three of us replaced Don? They'd, they'd, no, wow. they'd smell our inauthenticity. Mm, yeah. True, yeah. Like, it's like they'd know we're, we're a bunch of basketball guys. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, I mean, to I wouldn't want to follow Don. Listen, like, no. Don... I mean, Don has a winning formula for hockey and hockey viewership in this country. People that like hockey like watching Don Cherry. That it's like the evidence is there. You know, I don't know empirical. if that's true. You don't think? No, Dan Hamilton hates Don Cherry. Well, Dan Hamilton's a pink. Dan's a hipster. Though. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but he loves hockey, and I think he represents a certain demographic of like. Well, it's a demographic of fans. people that speak our language, but there's a bunch of people on Twitter. I'm like, who are these people that are like free Don Cherry kind of shit? Yeah. yeah. Don there. Cherry is right. Yeah. Um, Shane, you felt like it was uh, it was the right move. Yeah, you can't be ageist. You got to make it fair for everybody. So you can just be like, well, "That's Don." You can't te- teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. But I do understand why Don's confused because he's been rewarded for this his whole career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I just went one inch a little bit that way, and it wasn't even one of the most offensive things I've ever said." Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, you have to let him go if he's not going to apologize. He probably mm-hmm. honestly thinks the world has gone crazy. He yeah. probably yeah. does not recognize the world right now. He's probably so pissed and just like. It's fucked. It's all so crazy in his mind, right? His worldview, and he'll just well, he in his mind, he was trying to do a good thing. Yeah, right? I know. Just trying to get everyone to support these guys. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It'll be very interesting. I wonder what the next, like, is this it? Is this the last chapter? What a sad note to end on. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For for such a sort of, I would use the word remarkable career. Yeah, this happens. It feels like this happens more and more. Where these guys that are just like in it for too long, and then they just like get booted out yeah, the door in, a, in an he embarrassing way. To, like being a if hero. Re- great point. If you retired at seventy five, like he'd be a Canadian sort Idolized. of like, yeah by everybody. Like everyone was yeah. like, oh Don, you know. Anyway, so let's say he wakes up dead tomorrow. Is this the thing we remember him by? In like time, his, I think it will be the long career, and then yeah. this will be this weird kind of end note. Mm-hmm. It will be there. It's it's part of the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If that was my guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next topic we are talking about today on the podcast. Uh, a lot of billionaires uh, <laughs> getting a little antsy about Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. Um, Elizabeth Warren has uh, sort of made a lot of stink in her campaigning as she is running for president of the United States uh, about taxing billionaires um, at a very high rate. Uh, Bill Gates has weighed in. Mark Cuban's Twitter feed, I've been following Mark for years just for basketball reasons, but he does get very into it. He's been very sort of, um, he would say inquisitive, but sometimes it borders on combative about um, healthcare, universal healthcare. Because mm. what he does, he does that thing where he goes, I'm all for it. People should, people should get healthcare, but tell me how you're going to do it. You know, and he'll like, he'll like, seriously, if you guys want to get serious about it, tell me in my replies. And then people will offer answers. They're like, well, look at these other countries with like socialized medicine and it works. It's like, yeah, but uh, in Canada, you have to wait a few hours. I've been there when somebody's gotten hurt. And it's like, yeah, but nobody dies. And if 
it's a serious injury, you get ahead of the line. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the thing that people seem to be very upset about with, with, with Elizabeth Warren is, uh, like I said, her um, plan to tax billionaires at a super high rate. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the, the main issue is the wealth tax. And so someone like Bill Gates uh, even joked. Actually, hold up. Uh, I just got word. The Don Cherry uh, statement has just come out. Don Cherry says he's been fired from Hockey Night in Canada by Sportsnet. The legendary star of Coach's Corner says he will not walk back what he said on Saturday. Quote, I've just learned I've been fired by Sportsnet for comments made on Coach's Corner November 9th. Cherry told me in a phone interview, no problem. (laughs) Cherry added, I know what I said and I meant it. Everybody in Canada should wear a poppy to honor our fallen soldiers. And Cherry said his words were not racial or bigoted, but patriotic and respectful of our troops. Still, these comments prompted Sportsnet to axe Cherry. Sportsnet already apologized on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And then Cherry just said he was expressing how he feels with the lack of poppies donning, the lack of people donning poppies. I speak the truth and I walk the walk, he said. I visited the bases of the troops, been to Afghanistan with our brave soldiers at Christmas, been to cemeteries of our fallen around the world and honored our fallen troops on Coach's Corner. To keep my job, I cannot be turned into a tamed robot, said Cherry. It'd be funny if he got like really weird and science fiction-y. He's like, because robots are terrifying and the future is unknown. And we don't know how far AI will go as far as controlling our lives. And the speech just goes completely off the fucking rails. Still, he admits being fired on Remembrance Day does hurt because I would have liked to continue doing Coach's Corner. The problem is, if I have to watch everything I say, it isn't Coach's Corner. As he reflects on what just transpired, added Cherry, he won't forget any part of his decades on the air. I want to thank everyone who has watched Coach's Corner over the last 35 years. But he does have one message he would like people to take from the situation robots are scary (laughs) this is a simulated reality (laughs) (laughs) remember to wear remember remember to wear your this is his last sentiment that he's leaving people don't butcher it max remember to wear your poppy to honor our fallen soldier thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) okay thumbs up so i guess what what he's trying to say is I th- I think I'd... everyone should have worn their poppy, mm-hmm. but I was pointing out it's an extra transgression if you're an immigrant because you don't take this country for granted the way many people born into it mm-hmm. do. So he takes extra note when he sees an well, immigrant. Well, this is actually so I was texting Matt Frookman about this, mm-hmm. and Matt was saying he's like, I think he was directed at me. He was talking to me because I don't wear a, a poppy. None of us are wearing. None poppies. of us do. So he's like, so it's like I do have a poppy, by the way. Yeah. Well, why aren't you wearing it? Because uh, when I carry the baby, like so on the coat, the the pin, mm. I couldn't have it while I had the baby on the Sunday. So I actually had to take it off the coat and then so it's at my house, but off the coat. I have a poppy. Yeah, but I did. I did get too. one. My grandfather served in Korea. So yeah, uh, I did. Yep. Oh, well. But Matt's point- not that that like, listen, even if I didn't have a family member yeah. that served, uh, I, I personally believe in wearing the poppy and supporting these people doing anyone that's going to fight or be a soldier because we absolutely need that because Lord knows we've talked about on this podcast. All of us would fucking suck at it. Okay, so here's a question. When he says you people, yes. were, were we being too like... Does he mean young people? Young people? Were you talking about like Torontonians or like, you know, big he city liberals? He made a special effort he not did. to say immigrant. Yeah. Like you could tell him wanting to say that. So were we just projecting that on him, that, that we just assumed he was a racist old guy, when really he wasn't even thinking that. He was just talking about like liberal elites who don't take soldiers seriously. He could seriously. have been very clear about liberal elites or young people. To Shane's point, yeah. I think he wanted to say immigrant, but just wasn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can feel it. Yeah, you can, you can like, feel it. Yeah, on that point, it. like he censored himself. He didn't say immigrant, and he still got fired. So like, he could have an implausible deniability case. Yeah, he plausible, was like, I was never even thinking deniability. about. No, no, it's implausible. Oh, oh yeah, because it's not. Uh, because you knew what he meant, but he there yeah. is that one percent. I think it's implausible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, Don Cherry. Thumbs, thumbs up. <laughs> I bet a statement to be funny. That's how I'm going to start signing off my emails, actually. Uh, yeah, Do you think he asked Ron how to end the tweet? <laughs> Give him the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, so the billionaires are shook, man. Mm-hmm. They don't want her. They don't want her winning. They don't want her or Bernie in there because they feel like they're going to get taxed at a high rate. I mean, the thing is that a lot of people are pointing out is, but philosophically, I think the issue is this: there's a lot of. Um, Americans that want to live in a cap society where they do not give their money to the government to decide what to do with. So if they're like, we're going to tax you at this rate to pay for uh, health care, let's say universal health care in the States. I think a lot of people with like uh, a ton of money go, no, 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 no. I don't want to give it to the government because I don't trust you guys to allocate it right. Mm. Or maybe philosophically, they just don't believe in socialized medicine. Maybe they don't feel like mm. I should pay any part of my tax to make sure some, you know, kid in Chicago gets health care. And that's, that's philosophically, you might not feel that way you know what i mean and you can argue about the merits of you as a human being if you don't feel that way but there's some people that don't feel that way and then the money argument which is basically it's like don't tax me at a high rate because i don't trust the government Mm -hmm. to allocate the money better it takes a lot of faith in social programs Mm -hmm. and sort of a more socialist leaning thing so they all say no 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 i'll donate to charities of my choosing and let me choose how to spend the money i'm not giving it to you guys but to me that argument always just which is fair if you actually gave away the money you know what i mean they do give a lot of money no no i know they give away and bill gates is the biggest philanthropist in the world and i think he's done incredible work in africa like he definitely i think has his heart in the right place but then you also go at the end of the day you still have 100 billion dollars sitting in your bank account and if you're going to make some argument about how it's like oh the reason why it's actually good that's in my bank account is because it's accruing interest so even though we're 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 dealing with these problems kind of incrementally in the long term it's actually better for everybody it's and okay maybe but also i don't know if i totally believe that if if he said hey we're going to start an organization to give everybody socialized medicine in america because bernie tweeted this bernie said with a hundred billion dollars Bill Gates could solve all of the poverty in America. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a too general of a statement. But I also go, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. And then Bill Gates is still left with $20 billion or whatever he has left. And then I go, oh, if I was Bill Gates, that sounds kind of interesting. But then you go, um, dude, Zuckerberg tried to fix the New Jersey school systems. Do you remember when he tried to do that? So he basically gave like $150 million to be like, hey, this money is going to this neighborhood because I want to yeah. fix Public and they schools. spent it all on booze and uh, drugs. Well, basically, no. But I think no, they no. But basically, it didn't solve anything. <laughs> it's like real. No, no, no. They're just gonna spend it on alcohol, oh. booze, and drugs. Yeah. No, no. But but I think they didn't. It didn't help at all. Like, sure. It basically. So then. So I get also why billionaires are a little cautious about just giving away their money because Zuckerberg did this in New Jersey, and it didn't make a dent in the poverty issues there. Sure. So that so these are such massive problems. So, but it's also not excuse to not do anything and just sit on a pile of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know exactly. But what, a lot what, what of them the in their, their wills, they have it so set up so they give away half their, their Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the Buffett project is that, like, every billionaire is going to plan to donate 97% of their wealth or 95% mm-hmm. of their wealth before they die or something like 50%. that. 50%. Is it 50? That's what I read. Oh, okay, maybe. Okay, maybe. Okay. There's a, it's funny. There's a lot of issues going on, like, in the states that people like the sort of divide between like the socialists and the capitalists and all this stuff and it's like there's certain things people want like uh like healthcare, right but then also free college that's a very interesting thing to me because it's like if you're going to fight it's like it should probably be focused on the healthcare because is healthcare like a human right or is that like a is that like a, a service is that a privilege do you know what i mean like the right to sort of be taken care of and obviously we we're all from canada we grew up here so we're used to not like if i broke my leg 
I'm not, my family's not fucked for 10K that they're never going to pay and then it's going to have interest and, you know, you can get sued and your wages get, it's like, my leg gets broken, my leg gets taken care of and I keep it moving. Like, we've never had the anxiety of not going to a doctor because we're scared of what it's, what it's going to cost us. Mm-hmm. It's like, could you, like, I can't even imagine what it might be like to live in the States without that service. And it's like, so yeah, we pay a high tax rate for that service. Do you guys think that colleges should be free? Like, is that like a right i think they'd be cool if they were and then, yeah, then yeah. healthcare would be improved too probably get more docs well i mean like <laughs> well that's I, expensive and such a yeah. a reason not to get into that well the issue with american universities is it can get so expensive everything's so, so fucking universities though but compared to americans nothing i guess but yeah like, i mean no this is the issue with america everything's so fucking extreme there so it's like their campuses are like built like palaces. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking generally speaking, but like, and if you want to go to like a decent university, and getting a university is very competitive, it's going to cost like sixty thousand dollars a year in tuition. And a, a Canadian, a great Canadian university, costs five to six thousand in tuition a year. Uh, I, I think roughly, am I getting that right? Yeah, five to ten. It's it's yeah, like eight-ish yeah, and and if you go to Europe, it's like in Germany, it's like it's very small cost, and so it's like. You probably wouldn't have to make it free, but if you just made it sort of like reasonable like the rest of the world, or at least the rest of the Western world, that could be a decent solution. But I do think healthcare and really good public schools is the place to start. Yeah, it's almost like um, philosophically the idea is to sort of have these built-in like gatekeeping systems, meaning like only the elite thrive because they can afford to get in these institutions they end up getting the best jobs they end up setting policies so it's like you kind of keep your own which is like i've said before like i don't necessarily think people are racist i think that they're like um they're elitists Mm. so like i think trump doesn't care about the color of your skin if you're very wealthy do you know what i mean uh in a lot of ways it's like poor that he disdains and i think that there's like this inclination to keep everything within their group so it's like well of course it costs us much to go to an elite university and then those people get the good jobs because it's like and then everybody else can do all the other stuff we need people in the middle class and lower class to sort of keep the whole machine turning yeah. so that it's really good for the people up top so i think that they have a natural fear of like when they say oh you want to change it socialist and where's like the incentive without capitalism and all this stuff i think in some ways they're kind of like we're gonna hold on to our stuff we just can't say it out I, loud i feel like that's almost like human instinct though like yeah. you guys have families now like don't like do you feel that sense a little bit like with your children? It's a good question. What, sorry, what's the sense? Of- like the sort of the more the inclination to maybe like uh, keep you your money better for them build than what stuff you had for more family. for them. Like just you know, like they say as people get older, they become less sort of w- like willing to pay like a high. They become less liberal and sort of socialist and more conservative because they want to keep their money because they want to pay for their families or go on nice vacations and stuff like that. So they go well instead of paying a forty percent tax rate, I'd actually rather pay twenty percent, and that way my family has more. We have a boat, we have these nice things. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, and like the fear of like the societal class below you. Mm. I don't think it's exclusive just to like. The 1%. I haven't felt any seismic shift in the way I feel. Like, I don't know. I've never been a big money person. Yeah. But I've also never worried about money in my life. Yeah, I'll always... My outlook does not change. I, my family, we have enough. And I know what it's like to not have anything. So I'm not scared of necessarily going back there. It'd be more comfortable for my daughter if mm. we continue to sort of, like, do well uh, and have nice jobs and all that stuff. Uh, but I know it works every way and i'll never bitch about paying a high tax rate because in the 80s when my brother and i were kids you know and my mom wasn't doing so well we absolutely benefited from social programs like she absolutely was getting social assistance and it kept the lights on a lot of the time and we made sure we you know we had food on the table 
And because of that, Greg and I now are contributing members where it's like yeah. if we didn't have those things or we didn't have healthcare or social programs that made sure people like my brother and I uh, do better and have opportunities, um, then who knows what we're doing now. But now it's like you get decent jobs, you can contribute and the cycle continues. And there's probably yeah. some kid in a situation that's not the most fortunate and hopefully our high tax rates that we pay goes into a, a program that will eventually get them here in 20 years where yeah. we are now. And we're not we're not rich or wealthy people, we're, but we're doing all right, you know. I feel like I'm rich, though. I do. Me too. Yeah. Oh fuck! If you, you are you're probably you higher in the tax. Like if you look in the percentiles, you're you're, you're probably like up there in a way that you don't even totally appreciate. Yeah, like I it, do appreciate. Oh it. No, yeah, yeah, no. okay. yeah. You do. Actually. I I tell people I live in a mansion. <laughs> Alex and I talk about it all the time. It's like we're rich. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's that thing where sometimes I'll be like, if you had told sixteen year old Mike Veerman. Like, this is what your life looks like now. I would have been like, I will take that 10 times out of 10. Holy shit, I won, like, the life lottery. So, mm -hmm. like, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, This yeah. is really good. You know what annoys me about the Mark Cuban thing? So, I'm reading his tweets about Elizabeth Warren. Oh, you're going down that rabbit hole? Uh, it's just oh. so fucking annoying. Did you read it? <laughs> yeah. It's I like just it. like, the reality for Elizabeth Warren is that this is much to divert attention from her income and network than anything else. Other than uh, Steyer, she's the wealthiest of all the Democratic candidates by far. According to her filings last year, she made 900000 <laughs> which means that uh, her family earns more than two times the amount needed to be a one percenter. She pays 25.5% in that taxes, which is less than the, the percentage uh, that I paid in taxes. Forbes says her net worth is $12 million. That's being rich. Filthy rich. I'm sure it's richer than she ever imagined she would be. Good for her. She earned it. It puts her in millions above the threshold for being part of the richest 1% of the net worth. It's like, okay. She's, but she's also saying, tax me more. I'm exactly. trying yeah. to make legislation that says you should be taking more of my money. Like these things only work if there's systems in place to tax these people. It's just, it's so fucking annoying with all these know-it-all guys that are just having this conversation at the top where they're just like, well, I don't know about this. It's like, listen, I don't give a fuck about what your argument is. At the end of the day, why are you sitting on a hundred billion dollars, Bill Gates, Mark? You know what I mean? It's like people just like like to intellectualize shit till the cows come home, and it's just like, okay, great, good for you. You made a good point, and because you like being combative, but at the end of the day, you guys are all just sitting on piles of money. Will you fucking do something about it, or are you just interested in poking holes in Elizabeth Warren? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like compliments as insults, though. <laughs> like it's awesome. <laughs> Like if I was like, ah, there's a tax on everybody who's good looking. Like, oh yeah, Shane's just trying to distract us because he's the hottest guy in this room. <laughs> you know? I, I couldn't stop laughing reading those tweets, just just spinning these good things as uh, insults. And she's pretty smart. She's one of the smartest people I know. It honestly said that. <laughs> yeah, just you guys are all full of shit. Um, that's so funny. Okay, let's say you're Bill Gates. Yeah. And it's so hard to know how you'd feel if you're Bill Gates, obviously. But you, let's say you have $120 billion. And this is all happening right now. Mm -hmm. And someone's like, give us your money. Mm -hmm. what, what would you guys do? Like we're held at gunpoint for no, 120 no, no, billion? No, like a social gunpoint. Well, like, I like need to get right to right an ATM. <laughs> no, um, so, oh, do we give it up at gunpoint? Like Not gunpoint. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying like, let's look time and place right now. It's 2019. Yeah. Income inequality is as bad as it's ever been. You know, there's like half the population in America is suffering, doesn't have uh, health insurance, public public schools are going to shit, et cetera, et cetera. You have $100 billion that you could do. And people are saying, give that to the government right now or give it to your favorite charities right now. What would you do? What is the consequence if I don't? Nothing. Oh, I don't think I'd give it all up. <laughs> How much would you give? As little as possible. <laughs> no, because if, if I'm that smart to make that much money, 
I probably have a grander plan. Ah, uh, so you're you're trusting that Bill Gates is 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 coming up with a great scheme. Well, look at Zuckerberg. When when Facebook started, they're like, "Hey, you'll get a million dollars," and he's like, "You know what's better than a million dollars? A billion dollars." Yeah. Maybe Gates is like a hundred billion. I could have two hundred billion if you just give me a chance here to, to give away. Yeah, and then when he dies, he gives away two hundred billion, and he's just like known forever. Mm, so you think that's his game plan? Yeah, mm, like give him a lot of dumb dumb Shane would say, "Yeah, take all my money and mm-hmm. just give me like fifty mil." <laughs> yeah. But that's because I'm not smart enough to make a billion dollars or a mm. hundred billion dollars. Mm. But if I was, I'm imagining I would keep it all. Yeah. How many how many billionaires do you think there are? Like a thousand? Five thousand billionaires? I bet there's five thousand. So let's say there's five thousand billionaires. It's like we know about like three that are philanthropists, and maybe some of them give causes, maybe causes that aren't good for humanity. Who knows? They choose what to get their money to. The whole point though of like having legislation and sort of like an acting like um, these 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 systems, these governing bodies, is because they don't want to give up their money and they will hoard it. And again, like hey, that's you're right in a capitalist society. But I think the point is it's like – and they're all going to try and hide their money in offshore places and all that so that they don't have to pay the taxes. They're already doing that. But the whole point is that you have to force them because I don't think billionaires want to give up their money. So it's like for anything. Like they do not care necessarily, anecdotally, about you know people suffering at the bottom. They're like, fuck it. Like I earned this money, whatever that means, especially if you're born into the money. And it's like you're a legacy family. It's like, wait a second. So you're like the, f- the, the fifth generation – Rockefeller like sorry what did you do and it's like okay it's institutional wealth that comes from your family it's just like I think that we can find a way to tax that money and then still have billions of dollars left over while also lifting up the bottom but maybe there's no interest in lifting up the bottom this is why oversight is so important because it's just human nature to not want to give up your money exactly force us to you have to you have to have transparency and oversight because if I didn't have an accountant I'd be trying to rip all of you guys off in ways that I'm embarrassed about that I'd be like do I invoice and for that? You know, it's just like, oh, do like people are, like I. I think we're all always trying to save a buck or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all are, and that's why I don't want to touch my money. So it's like, yo, accountant, just do the right thing. I actually, I was asking our accountant the other day. I was like, um, just making sure that's like, are we paying everybody enough, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, I don't want to be. I want to be on like the, like whatever your clients do. I want to be on like the top of like treating people okay. So like, I don't know what that number is, but just fucking do it. If you leave it in my hands, I don't know if I'll do it, but I know you have the purse strings. Go do it. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I just think, like, the accountants in this case is, like, what the government needs to do for all these billionaires. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if it happens. And ultimately, this is the big thing. It's like there's way more people without money than with money, and they can actually affect change and, like, vote for their own self-interest. The plan is supposed to just target these ultra-billionaires. It's like – I don't know how that's a, a losing situation. It's like if the, if the middle class isn't getting taxed at a high rate and the billionaires are or people like the 1%, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why everyone wouldn't vote for that. I guess they all think they're going to be millionaires one day and they want, they're trying to protect their future earnings. It's always so weird when people vote against their own self-interests. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like well, philosophically, I don't agree with it. That, those, those, that 1%, they should be able to keep their money or, or donate it to whatever cause they want. They shouldn't be forced by the government to pay for health care for some person they don't know in a different city. Like, okay, it's like that, that's that's one way to look at it, mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know, like you know, your grandma might get sick and she might not have money, or your kid and you might lose your job. It's like I don't know, social safety net seems like a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. That that article is really hard to read. There's just so many 
the word billion came up so many times. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to like read something. You can't something. wrap your head around no, you it. You can't. Like like imagining that. I just had to keep reading the sentences that use the word billion to like understand what it was saying. We'll close on this. Uh, actually, no, we still have Shane's secret surprise, right? If you want it. Yeah, let's do it. Seems like, like you guys it. never want it. Uh, I, I definitely want it. it. Let's, let's oh, close you on made this. it more than anyone, Max. I love <gasps> it. You're always like, man, wasn't this covered two weeks ago? That <laughs> happened <laughs> one time because it was. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, I'm not okay. saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you inherit $100 billion tomorrow. What's the first thing you buy? Oh, who cares? That's what I'm saying, though. So pick it. So th- it's literally money that will pay for your wildest dreams. What is your wildest dream as a purchase? Probably like a house somewhere. So you just buy a bigger house. You no, own a house, no, a house somewhere else, like somewhere like maybe I was in Toronto or L.A. or New York or London. You just buy a mansion somewhere. Not even no, not a mansion. I like to be right in the thick of things. So okay. I like like I'd buy like a a house like in like Manhattan on, on Venice Beach like or Manhattan Beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, something in New York City. Like something in New York City or like a cool house in L.A. or like in London. Like if you're in the middle of like London, that'd be cool to have like one of those like a walk up like flats or whatever. You would get a property in every hip city. Yep. There you go. That's a pretty good one. Cheney. Courtside seats Ooh. in every single NBA city. That's Interesting, cool. and I know that's not even hardly spending any money. No, comparatively, but Compared that's that's all estate, I yeah. would care about. You'd get a news story written about you because it'd be such a unique, weird thing that it's yeah. like that guy has courtside seats in all thirty really venues. Mm-hmm. Erica, yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably buy a house or a car. You or could buy car. both, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't have yet. So right, or you know what? I honestly think I would. Just like give my parents like a beautiful vacation. Oh, just a vacation. That seems cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you buy them a vacation. All inclusive. Cuba. Honestly, with $120 million, you could buy your parents a resort. beautiful like, estate. Like, then I in, would. Um, it's their 30th wedding anniversary next year. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, do you, don't you have to do something crazy for that? Like, should I start putting away money now? I don't know. How do, you, how do you pay back do your something parents? Thoughtful. You know? Put together like a video. Yeah, I could do that. Edit a video. Of, like, find old footage of them on VHS and stuff. They love it. Put it to a nice track. That's a good idea. What kind of it car is. would you buy? I'm making cry. Oh, a Lincoln. Not a Tesla. Or a Jeep Wrangler four-door. Whoa. Mm-hmm. No, not a Dare Tesla. Dare to dream. Seems like a real, ga- <laughs> <laughs> real gas guzzler. Not really helping the environment. Billion. Mike, what would you do? Uh, I would not go for the 30 courtside seats in every city. I would immediately start trying to buy an NBA team. I would want to Whoa. own an that NBA would, team. You would hate that. I would fucking love it. Really? It would 100%. take all the fun out of it for you. You talk nah. about this all the time. Think about Steve Ballmer. No, that's different. I'm my own boss. I'm no. I'm not working for somebody. I'm saying I'd have a team. You're working for the people, man, and you'd get publicly shit on. I'd be fine. I look at Steve Ballmer and how much fun he's having with the Clippers. I'm like, if I owned a team, I would be. I would literally pay Masai whatever it took to steal him. Like, let's say I was able to buy the. Who do you think is going to be for sale? I don't know. Buy the Raptors, man. And I don't think they're selling. No, but if you got 120 billion dollars, so I make them a okay, five billion dollar. Yeah, offer. the Raptors are what are worth on Forbes five billion dollars or less. Okay, you say, hey, get up, get ten billion. Yeah, I would offer Smart. ten billion for the Toronto Raptors if I had 100 billion dollars. A hundred percent, I would do that, and it would be amazing. And if not, mm-hmm. I'll go buy the Cleveland Cavaliers. So you, things go bad, and you're Cubanized. Yes, where people love you at first, yeah. but now and everyone the team starts losing and shit. People are turning on you. It's like yeah. that guy's a moron. You wouldn't care. No, I would like the challenge. Like I look at the Knicks right now, and they are such a mess. And James Dolan, who owns them, is a fucking loser. I would be like, I'd be a good owner. I don't think our team would be bad. Everyone thinks they're going to be a good owner, but and you're teleporting right now to different scenarios that can work out. But everybody's the hero till they're not. I I trust in my ability to own an NBA team and empower the right people and have a winning franchise. I truly believe I would be great at that job. It's Watch not even out. a job. Watch out, Larry Tannenbaum. I'm coming. Even if you're good, though, you go through rough spots, and the crowd turns on you. Quick. Worth it. Worth okay. it. Worth it. 
Just from what I know about Mike, yeah, I don't you, think he's going to like this. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Shane's topic. Let's do it. Shane's surprise. Third okay. topic. In the UK, Ooh. kid comes home uh, with uh, his, his photo package to get for photo day. And there's an option to pay eight more dollars to touch up his face, to clear his skin. Mm. And then for an extra two dollars, he can whiten his teeth. Mm. The mom freaks out over this being an option for uh, he's in fourth grade. Ten pounds, ten euros to, to make you thinner. No, no, no. <laughs> you want to look ten pounds lighter? That's ten euros. Man. <laughs> it's like, why are we talking euros? And for you, Brexit it's going to be already. thirty euros. Yeah. Okay, um, so so it's 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 basically eight bucks for the skin, two bucks for the teeth. And, she and she's it. offended because it's an option because we shouldn't be in part for kids sort of to idea. be photoshopping their face already. Oh, their own self image. I thought she was upset that that it was extra charge. They wouldn't just offer the service for free. No. Okay. No, it was like a moral. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And it's interesting too because I am uh, hugely against uh, face brushing or what's it? Face, Airbrushing? Face tuning. Oh. Because we had someone come into our office not too long ago, took a picture with us, then I saw it online. They facetuned my face, mm. and I was very what? offended. Yours too, Mike. What really? Yeah, uh, I'm very curious to know who this was. He just well, got that I, We won't talk about. We'll talk about it offline. But I got to see this photo. I've, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, just cut this part out. I'm going to inform Mike, and then we'll start again. Anyway, cut back in. <laughs> and all around my jaw, it was like all fuzzy. Like you could tell some trickery was going on. Wow. My face was just too smooth, and you it should didn't demand look the original. Just to have it. Well, I didn't want to call him out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what this reminds me of? It, it, or not reminds me of. I think it's kind of in the same sandbox. But, like, for years we've talked about, um, like, magazine covers and sort of the idea of, like, healthy body image. Meaning, if all you ever see is, like, a size 2 model all the time, how are you supposed to feel good about yourself? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, let's yep. put body positive models on the covers of magazines or people that look more like common people, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting that now in schools, for, like, a kid in elementary school, you're going to give them sort of, like, a... a, a an impossible image like how does that affect how because that's not what you're looking at every day when you look in the mirror you know Mm -hmm. but maybe in the world we're living in and now everything is about appearances and the gram is fucking fake and everything is sort of like manufactured on some level is that just the new reality yeah well taking it even back a little bit even younger like we have children now yeah do you how do you feel if you ever post a photo win and you're like shit she looks a little better with a little valencia or this filter <laughs> like filters yeah would you, do you do a filter on a, a baby photo uh that's a good question I, i'm sure yeah i'm sure i've used photo like filters on photos i definitely i think i have i've definitely used brighten filters like like you know if yeah. i'm doing a story and it's really dark i'll brighten it but i don't think i've like yeah i'm sure that i've, I'm sure I've used filters. i don't do face tuning no but isn't, I, it's I don't. probably not necessarily because you're like oh wind looks way better it like makes the photo look nicer in general? Yeah, but no, I I mean, I think to Shane's point, it's like, yeah, what's the photo looking better? Does it mean like our skin's a little less red or whatever? It's like, yeah, we use filters. Are filters any different? Or it's like on some photos, like if I do a story of Lou, I'll swipe and then her eyes will look so blue. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I know that'll get a lot of attention because mm. it looks like she has the bluest eyes in the world. Yeah. It's like a very uh, high moral dilemma. Mm. That's true. And do you go with it? If I, I haven't really, but I've been tempted to. I had that thought like, oh, people will think lose the best if I do this. Yeah. So I have that for sure. Well, I, just, I think the question you pose is amazing. Is, is an Instagram filter any different than like Photoshop? Seriously. Yes, I think it's different. Why? Just because it's easier? Well, some do make your skin very That's clear. what I'm saying. I think it is very similar. I like honestly like, uh, yeah, I use, uh, I use like Sierra on almost every photo that I'm in just because it makes my skin look better. Mm-hmm. 
Seriously. It, it's quick and it's easy and you don't think of it as that, but really it is like a it's fake sort of running yourself. What do you think in your Max? You look like you have a very... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Just because um, photos, like school photos are contrived to a degree anyway because there's like lighting and stuff they set up. Anyway. Sure. You know what I mean? Like everything we do has like some sort of production value to it as well. Um, yeah, because with proper lighting, your skin looks better as well because yeah. it like blows things out to an extent. So, so, so it's like, what, like where is it? The, where's the line that gets crossed? You know? I guess artifice. Yeah. I guess everybody's starting at the same point with that. Oh, sure. And then this is like you can pay extra for it. Yeah, that feels like a weird um, thing. Feature. Yeah, weird feature to encourage young people to participate. You know, what I mean, I feel like when they're that age, it's like talking about like beauty standards in that way is a, is a negative. So it's like I there's gonna be enough of that as they get older. So it's like mm-hmm. can they let kids be kids kind of thing? That's yeah. why it feels like a little bit offside. Uh, and also, it should be the idea of like paying extra for it feels exclusionary. Do you know what I mean? There's like an elitist thing where it's like oh, only the rich kids. You know, I remember an old girlfriend who came from sort of like a lower middle class upbringing, like really resented girls in her high school that were rich because they could afford the, the beauty products that help yeah. their skin and stuff like that. And that's like a real thing. And so to have the school be the one like asking if you want to pay extra for it just feels like it's not in the spirit of like a good public education. It's uh, Justin Stockman, our, the pod father, uh, said to me many years ago, his, he had a fascinating observation that I never even thought about, is he said that beauty or what we consider attractive is determined so much by money and i was like what do you mean he's like he's like okay so like look at that person it's like look at the way they're put together look at their skin look at their hair you know it's like money allows them to present themselves a certain way Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily have what we consider like say like a perfectly contoured face or like like what is attractiveness and usually it's presentability not necessarily like does your face look like johnny depp or brad pitt or angelina jolie or whatever it's just like does your hair look healthy? Does, does your skin does your look good? Fit perfectly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The fit of clothes and money allows you to have that. So even if like physically, maybe you fall outside or whatever. Like as the standard for beauty is, you can present yourself and be attractive in a way, and money does allow that. And I never even thought about it until he told me that years ago. It's an interesting uh, thing to balance. I think as parents, is that it's like on one hand, I think your the way you present yourself is important. I think like. Uh, being able to stand up straight, shake your shake a person's hand firmly, wear clothes that fit you, like just sort of like look like you're up to task is something that will serve you in your life. And I think those are good values to impart. But then also it's like when do you begin to cross a line where it's like you're focusing too much on the way you present yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like, and then it's like oh, like I'm worried that like all like. I'm imparting these values that just uh, encourage like people to look glamorous and beautiful, and then that becomes a destructive thing. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like there there is a line that gets crossed. I feel like uh, in the way that kids are, are brought up. I don't know. Exactly I think like what the sweet emph- spot is. Emph- emphasizing like health. Mm, yeah. You know, like keeping yourself clean and like yeah. eating good food that will maybe like make your skin look nice. Like you know what I mean? Like that's probably yeah, the that's line might exist it. there as opposed to like. Just the brand of clothes you're wearing and like the this and the, and how you dye your hair and this and that, you know? Do you feel like you've gone too far down the narcissist? Uh, <laughs> Shane is asking I know the answer right now. <laughs> I know the answer, he says. Uh, I don't think so. Do I? Do you think so? For you? Yeah. Uh. 